Well, we've been on a series called uh, Abounding in Love for some time, and uh, I'm going to continue on that tonight. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. First Thessalonians 3, verse 12 says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Verse 12 says, make the Lord, or May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. Abound in love. That means to brim, to bulge, to burst, to overflow. That means you have more than enough. Uh, in the Amplified, it says, May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people. So this isn't just a few, this is, this is a lifestyle. This is flowing with God's love regardless of the situation. This is flowing with God's love regardless of the person. Sometimes it's easier than other times. <laughs> Philippians 1 verse 9 says, uh, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that your love may abound still more and more in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Verse 9 said that your love may abound still more and more. So we have room to grow. Amen? None of us has arrived in love. That, that hasn't happened yet. You're not going to arrive before you leave this earth. You're going to be growing, and we have eternity to keep increasing in the things of God. In the Amplified Classic, it says, This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight, that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. So we have room to grow. We can come up. And that as we grow, our love is more on display. Our love is more uh, present in reality. You don't need it to be present in theory. That doesn't help you. You know, if you're full of love and theory, but, you know, on the job or in the grocery store or when you're driving, you know, there's not as much traffic right now as there once was, but still, doesn't matter. You can just have one person, nobody else on the road, and there's one person, and they're going way under the speed limit, and that, that can do it for you if you let it. But if it's just a theory, well, yeah, I, I love, and I, I, I believe God, but then in every situation we lose it, that's not helping us. We want it to be in reality. We want to actually come up in reality like, ah, I used to react this way, but not that time. Praise God. Don't get too cocky because there's going to be another opportunity. <laughs> you know? Woohoo! And then, the, you know, you're picking yourself off the ground 15 minutes later. 
because you know you lost your temper or something. No, we want to we come up and uh, come up in this area. This is an important area. This is being spiritual. Walking in love is being spiritual. People think a lot of things are spiritual that we're really not spiritual. The Bible doesn't say they're spiritual. You know, people are impressed by them, but you can be as carnal that means just naturally minded. Uh, give into your flesh all the time, yet be greatly gifted in a certain area, and people can be impressed with that and think you're really spiritual when all it really is, I mean, the, the, the gifts and callings of God are, are without repentance. Somebody can be anointed, and uh, they don't, that doesn't mean they're walking in love. There's story after story, account after account. You say, well, why did God anoint him like that? Go ask him. I'm not God. I don't know. Sometimes you have questions. You're like, that doesn't make sense. Well, you're not God. I'm not God. We don't know the way he sees and, and the way he works and what he sees and, and, and how he, um, his plan and how it works together. But people are impressed with things. They'll go, ooh, wow. And... It's not necessarily spiritually mature at all. You can find that out then. You find out that, whoa, ooh, you can do that pretty well, but boy, you're a jerk. <laughs> and then real quick, people lose their esteem, and they're really quick, the people that are like, ooh, ah, now they're like, whoa, that guy's a, he's a jerk. And they'll tell everybody, which that's not walking in love. Same people that are so impressed, you know, if they, if they you know, I don't know why we're saying this, but, um, you know, people that are well-known in certain areas, especially like if they're ministers or something, oh, people love to jump on them when, when if they make a misstep. You know, they're somewhere in, in public and they don't do everything perfect. Oh, you know, people jump on them like they're, they're, they're that's hypocritical. Oh, you never done that. So you can point the finger. Well, they're pastors. They ought to know better. So that makes them God? They're still, they're still human. They're, they're still a person. I mean, there's an anointing to do certain things, but then there's being spiritual. I mean, we ought, to, we ought to strive to be spiritual. The mark of spirituality is walking in love. Because God is love. The more you act like Him, the more spiritual you are. It didn't say the more you walk in a certain uh, gifting... That, that, that you're spiritual. Now, you can walk in spiritual things and be attuned to the Spirit and be, you could be, know how to flow with certain things that you gifts the Spirit and stuff and not be walking in love. The best thing is to walk in love and to flow with the gift. I'm not talking about just spiritual, you know, gifts of the Spirit. I'm talking about whatever gifting you'd be a gifted businessman and be a complete jerk. There's giftings for that. You know, everything touch turns to gold, but boy, don't want to work for them. Don't want to work with them. But in a business setting, you know, you get stuff done. Well, we want to come up in this area. You know, on the other hand, somebody can be, if, you, if, if people look at two people, somebody that looks like, wow, they got all this ability, but boy, they, they, they see them behind the scenes and they're a jerk versus, uh, I mean, they're good, but they're not the best I've ever seen. But man, they are the best to work with. That, that offsets a ton. And at the end of the day, if you, somebody is you know, really mean to you, 
that cancels out like everything. You're like, I don't care. It's not worth it. I'll work with this person. Is that not true? At the end of the day, what we want to deal with in people is love. Whether people say it like that or not, is somebody that's gracious, merciful, actually like God, <laughs> is what we're looking for. We don't, people don't understand it, but what you're looking for is somebody that exhibits godly traits. Well, that is a person that walks in love. There's the fruit of the Spirit, and then there's the gifts of the Spirit. Those are different things. Fruit of the Spirit, you grow in. Gifts of the Spirit, you can grow in using them, but they are not a mark of necessarily spirituality in the sense of being like God. Now, you can learn to flow with certain things, and, you know, that, in a sense, that's spiritual. But anyhow, we want to walk in these things in truth. In truth. And we said love represents God in every situation. What, what uh, God would do in the situation is love. Always. You know, love is, we said these things, but just, you know, review. Love is not acceptance. It doesn't condone wrong, no more than God condones wrong. Somebody said, well, if you're, love, you know, you're loving, then you'll accept me just as I am. I may love you, but that doesn't mean I have to accept your sin and, say, and, and put my stamp of approval and say, yes, that's right. That's not love. You know, you could do all kinds of wrong things. And if I put my, or you for me or whatever, if you say, well, yeah, that's right, just because I want to love you, now you're compromising yourself. You're compromising the Word of God. That's not love. And we talked some about that. Love is not a feeling. It's not, oh, I feel like I'm in love. Well, you, if it's a feeling, that can fly away quick. And now you don't feel like you're in love. So now I can be mean to you. No, that's, nobody likes that. That's not, that's not true love. Love is a decision. Love is a person. It's God. And if we'll flow with Him, we're going to walk in love. Now let's look at uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 22. 1 Peter 1, verse 22, it says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently, with a pure heart, having been born again. You know, being born again, when you're born again, love, it's not automatic, but love is in your heart, because love is a person. When you become born again, you have the Spirit of God residing in you and you have the, the, the capacity to truly love. What people call love is oftentimes not love, but if you're born again, now you have, the lo you have love inside of you. Now you can flow with it. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and bides forever. Verse 22 again says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren... Love one another fervently with a pure heart. To, from a pure heart. Well, your heart is your spirit man. Your spirit man it has been born. If you've been born again, your spirit man is new. Your spirit man has the Spirit of God residing in him or her, you know, you. And you have the love of God now, the, the capacity to love other people. Romans 5, 5 says, it says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. 
talking to Christians, so this is Christians. You know, when you read the epistles, the letters in the New Testament, those are written to Christians. Don't ever try to make things that don't apply to Christians or don't apply to people that aren't Christians apply to them. If the Bible says this is written to Christians, so this applies to Christians, it doesn't apply to everybody. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. Talking to Christians, so he's saying we, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we have the love of God. For the Christian, you have the love of God on the inside of you. Let's look at Matthew 12, verse 33. So keep that in mind as we go into this. It says, either make, this is Jesus, either make the good tree, the tree good or its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Was that true? You walk up to a tree, and I'll, honestly, I haven't been a lot around a lot of fruit trees. Some, we have some apple trees in our backyard, but we don't eat anything off it. You know, and it, I'm trying to think if I've been around anything besides an apple tree. I've seen pictures of a lot of trees. Peaches? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I've been around them, though. But you know, you, you would know a tree, if it's good or bad, by its fruit, if it bore... See, that's, I don't eat the apples off my bat, the tree. I don't know. I mean, we've tried them. They don't look good. They have worms. I, you know, I mean, I was like, I don't think we've ever... Because there's a reason. When you look at them, it's like they're not good. Well, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> I don't like worms. That's what he's saying. Either... You know, a tree is known by its fruit. It know the kind of tree. You know, it's an apple tree, orange. I mean, I could never tell the day. You put a bunch of trees up and said which it is. I wouldn't know unless, ooh, that's bright orange. I know that's an orange tree now just because of that. That's actually the way we're supposed to be. This isn't where we're going. But, you know, we're supposed to know, people are supposed to know us that we're Christians by our love. That's, that's supposed to be the reason. Verse 34, brood of vipers, that's not nice. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's really what I want to get to. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Woo. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now I'm going to focus on the, on the end here, but that's sobering. So what does that mean? Well, you know, if you're going to give an account in the day of judgment, well, if you've been born again, and you, your life has the blood of Christ over it, well, you need to plead the blood. Say, oh my gosh, I'm, every word that I've ever said, if you've, if you've repented and you've said that's wrong, it doesn't exist. This doesn't contradict the other verses in the Bible. You know, God said, I would remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. When you're standing, I don't know how it's all going to work, but if there's judgment, you're going to be like, Jesus, okay. <laughs> if you don't have Jesus, well, that's not... Uh, good. And this applies, uh, you know, to your life in general. You, 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 and I'm, I want to really talk about, you know, what it says about the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and, and what we're saying in relation to this. But if you've said something, and you've gotten it right with the person, with God, whoever it may be, then you need to forget about it and go on. 
And if Satan brings that to your remembrance, you just need to be like, that's done. You have no part in this. I'm our, you know, the highest court in the land has acquitted me, so I'm going on. Let's look briefly. You say, some people say, well, because this says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, if we in, uh, look at this in light of the New Testament, what do we know about what's been poured out in our heart? The love of God is in your heart. It says out of the abundance uh, of the heart, um, the mouth speaks. And it also says a good man out of the good treasure in verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his house of his heart brings forth good things. Well, are you a good man? Are you a good woman if you've been born again? You are. Your heart has the love of God poured out in it. Now, you need to hook up with it. I need to hook up with it. And what you feed on, that's what's really going to have abundance. You can have a good heart, be born again, and yield to the wrong thing because you've been listening to the wrong thing. You've got to watch who you listen to. Even, you know, if they, they're coming at things from... Well, you know, a Christian perspective, if it's condescending, if it's berating, if it's, you know, constantly putting other people down, you will pick up on that. And that's the way you're going to talk about people and to people, because that's what you're full of. There's so much of that in the world. I don't have to tell you guys that. You know it. There's always, you know, just it's in our culture. It's in every fact, people berating other people. Uh, putting them down. That's not God. I mean, you have to agree with everybody, but you don't have to, uh, you know, put people down. But uh, Colossians 1.27 says, To them God willed to make known who are, what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, Christ is in us. So, for the New Testament, or, you know, New Covenant, Christian in the New Covenant, the Christian has the love of God poured out in us. And so we want to make sure we're putting in the right things and yielding to that heart, the, the, the heart that's been born again. And then out of our what we say is going to line up with love, which is going to line up with God's word. It says Christ is in us. So we say, well, I, I just don't know how I would do that. Christ is in you. And then, and then you know, real briefly, Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you, we can do it. Well, I don't feel like it. I mean, we're going to get into some of these things. So, uh, you know, as far as speaking and stuff, so I just wanted to put this there first. We have it in us. And we can do it. So I just can't. I mean, when I get around that person, it's just like automatic. I mean, I just, it's involuntary. I just... I just say stuff. Not true. We've been trained to say stuff. We've trained ourselves to say stuff. We've trained ourselves that it's okay to say stuff. It, and we can untrain. We can get rid of that and say, wait a minute, that's wrong. That's not going to help. I mean, it's not going to help your personal relationships. Some people, they get used to treating each other a certain way and think it's okay. In marriage relationship, uh, you know, and, and siblings, uh, parents, families, it, it's okay. Just Well, we just, that's the way we are. Well, maybe that needs to change. If it's not biblical, uh, we may interact in a certain way and think, get used to each other, treating each other a certain way, but that's not good. And it will, I mean, the relationship can erode over time. If we're saying things to one another that are demeaning, that aren't respectful, we may have picked it up from, oh, that's just, I don't mean anything by it. 
but, but this other person taking it to mean something. And if somebody were to observe you, does, that, does it sound right? Well, you know, we've all made mistakes in this area. But we can't say we had to. We're looking at Scripture. We can say, well, God's in me. Christ is in me. The Spirit of God's in me. And He said I could do all things through Him. So if I couldn't do it before, I know I can now. Amen? Or oh me. Either way, it's true. You know, we, we look... We, we, we've made mistakes, we've said something, and sometimes, have you ever watched yourself do something in slow motion? It's almost like everything slows down, you know you shouldn't say, it's coming out your mouth, you know once it comes out, not going to be good, but you're yielding to emotion, you're saying the wrong thing, but it's almost like you're just watching it happen. You know, you see it and you're like, great. You know, well, you can get, we, I don't claim to be perfect. You know, we're all coming up, but I do know we can go to where we, we know we could say something and we get, it's slow motion, but you, and you shut up and you go kind of sidestep it. And then maybe you say something that, you know, then they say something else. They're like, I just, I didn't say anything, but now I'm gonna, and then you just blow it, but. You can go and get it, you know, the next time where you, you make it the first two times. And maybe they say something really mean, you know, you get the third time and you, you, you lose it. But we can come up. If you, somehow we got there, we can come out of it. And we can do better. We don't have to say the wrong thing. Because ultimately it hurts us. We talked about that last week. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. We open the door for, we're yielding to something. We're yielding to our flesh, and Satan gets a hook in our flesh, and we're yielding to the wrong thing. We're hurting ourselves. It's like hitting ourselves with a hammer. And, and like, well, I'm going to hurt you, and we're like, you know, hitting our, We're opening the door. It's not smart, but it, it's easy to yield to the wrong thing. And if we do, just as we get into this, uh, look at 1 John 1 9, just put it up. Just a reminder for, you know, not everybody, maybe just so we're on the same page. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, so we blew it. So we, in this area, we're talking about love, we're talking about what we say. We're talking about flowing with the Spirit of God on the inside of us to say the right thing. What if you say the wrong thing? You're done. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. We'd all be done. No, if you say the wrong thing, what do you do? you got to make it right. And if you just said something, you know, nobody heard it, well, then you just go to God and say, that was wrong. And this is what this is talking about. If we confess it, and this is not the only scripture in the Bible that talks about confession in, 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 in relation to getting it right. That's a different sermon, but it's not. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all or from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? You know, you, you get cleaned up again. Does that mean you weren't going to heaven before you did that? No. It means you, you cleared the air. Real quick, example. Two people are married. They get in an argument. Are they not married while they're getting in an argument? No. Not unless they filed for divorce while they were in the argument. But I'm saying they're in an argument. Are they, are they not married at that point? No, they're still married, 
are they maybe in the closest fellowship and everything's rosy? No, it could be very cold. What needs to happen? Clear the air. Apologize. Then they're, they're back you know, where they need to be. Well, when you violate love, we talked about that last week, when you violate the law of love, when you get out, you, you do something um, out of love, or that's not love, then we're violating our conscience, we're getting out of love, we, we need to do something to make it right. If I said something to somebody else, then I need to make it right. And that sometimes is really hard on our pride. We don't want to do that, because that would mean I'd have to admit I did something wrong. And this is where, we talked about this, but in this context, that's where the devil will try to push you. No, you don't have to say anything. They need to say anything. They need to say something. They did it wrong. You don't. And Okay. Keep you there. Because our pride, we don't want to say, it's not my fault, it's their fault. You know people stay away for years like that. Could be weeks, could be days. You know, I, I'm not going to say I, I was wrong. There's no way. I'm not doing it because they're wrong. Oh, it's not like you're making stuff up that to, to say the wrong, like you were admitting to something you didn't do, but is there something that you did have? A, is it possible you did anything? <laughs> if you said the wrong thing, you know. Well, but they said something and they provoked me. Okay, but what did you say that you could apologize for that? doesn't matter what they said. If you got out of love, if you said the wrong thing, then we're still wrong. Oh, that's hard on our pride. Sometimes you just, you're like, no, but they're, and, oh, I can apologize to them for, no. I'm not making light of that. But then, so now we, we've done something instead of going on, and I'm not saying that's easy, but with the Spirit of God, like we read, we can go over it. We can get to where we're not saying it as much. We can get to where we just cut stuff off. And if we do miss it, we can get out of it quick. We can. Everybody say, I can. Because there's some people who say, I, no, I just, I, I can't. No, we can. We're not making light of anything that anybody else did. We're talking about our part. I can't control somebody else's part. Right? You can't control somebody else. I can't, you can't control your spouse. You might as well give up right now. That's a problem. You think you can change them. You're not going to be able to change them. I'm talking about anybody. You know, women are really, um, they, they really, young girls, more than even guys, will think they can go into a marriage and they're going to change the guy. Guys, it's not that they don't think they can change him, but this, this is true. Women, young women will look at a guy, they'll see the potential, ignore what is going on now, and then think, that's fine, once we get the ring on, then they'll change because I'll change him. That's, that's just not true. Can I get a witness? Is that true? Anybody, both sides should be going. That's just not true. And the husband's going, well, what? What? You liked me before? But we, I mean, young girls will think, well, no. And then, like, well, why isn't he changing? Honey, that's what you married. Now, guys, I mean, you can't change your wife if you think they're going to be something different, the same thing. But it's just guys... We'll look at them and go, yeah, it's good. They're just not as susceptible to the potential part, I think, just practically speaking. But you're not going to change somebody. And if you, the clo quicker you get that down, and I'm, it's, it's a challenge for all of us. Sometimes we think, yeah, but this should have changed. Look, you can't change somebody. 
So we can't deal with somebody else's part, but what we can deal with is our part. Well, they said something really bad. Can't control what they said. How did I react? Oh, I reacted. That provoked me. Now, they, they did something wrong. I have, you can say, I have a right to be angry. You may have a right to be angry, but what did you do with it? The Bible says, you know, we read it last week, Ephesians 4, 27, 26, 27, be angry and do not sin. Don't give, <coughs> excuse me, an opportunity for the devil. The Bible does not teach against being angry. I'm going to say it again. The Bible does not teach against a person being angry. Jesus was angry, but he didn't sin, ever. He didn't blow up at anybody and say the wrong thing. He said some harsh stuff. We read it earlier. Brood of vipers? I don't suggest you bring that into your workplace. They probably look at you like when you're quoting a play or something. I mean, that's not how we talk, but what he's saying is you're a snake. But he didn't sin. Evidently, that's what he needed to say. But you can be angry. Somebody did something and you are angry, but you can express it and say it without sinning and say the right thing. Not say it's easy, but we, could, we can do that. And if we, uh, say, if we deal with our anger right, then we're not opening the door for the devil to mess with us. We're not making their problem my problem. You realize people can get really angry at somebody, and that person's not going to change. They're going down the road like everything's great, and, and somebody can be seething inside, and it's hurting them, hurting their body, hurting their mind, and it's not, they're not going to change their person. Not, but they're mad. I, I have a right. Well, we may be angry, but we don't have to say the wrong thing. We don't have to do the wrong thing. And if we understand that, now we're on God's side. Let me just say this. Do we want mercy when we mess up? Better to sow mercy. Better to sow mercy than judgment. Better to say, you know what? I'm going to work with God. You're a merciful God. I am going to sow what I would want if I had done something. And we walk like that. Now we are... We are not giving Satan, like we talked about last week, an avenue to mess with our lives. But if we do miss it, that's why then we can say, it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just to cleanse us from anything. It's like we never did anything wrong. You want to get that done as quickly as possible. The longer we wait, the more avenue, the more uh, place we give Satan to mess with us. And then the, the more likely you are to let it go longer because Satan will work on your mind. Well, I don't really have to do that. I don't have, I mean, after all, what, what's he doing? He's holding you in bondage. He's holding you there. And if it's your marriage, he's holding your marriage suspended. And the longer it goes, the, the, the deeper the wounds get. The harder it is to back out of that. Now you got to build trust again. Now you got to build rapport again. Or if it's a business relationship or the sibling or, or whatever, it becomes the way longer, it just, it's divide. It's, it's, 
divisive. That's what, well, Satan, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will do it every opportunity. So if we miss it, we get out of love, say the wrong thing, then we can take care of it as quickly as possible, deal with the other person as quickly as possible. Now that doesn't mean that the moment you say I'm sorry, their emotions go from 100 to 0 and everything's clear. You give them, hey, you messed up, you said the wrong thing, I just wanted to apologize. Now don't expect them just to turn around real quick. Now you're trying to control them again. Just, look, I just wanted to say that. Now they can react on their terms. Now it's the ball's in their court. Sometimes like, you know, again, in relationships, close family, you know, when we decide we want to clear the air, then we expect the other person to be ready, and we're going to clear the air now, even though it's been three days. You guys can just keep looking ahead. Nobody will know that you guys deal with it. Everybody deals with it. Not me. No, everybody. So just because you deal with somebody and, and, and you've apologized, then it's like, hey, it took you this long to get there. And so give them some space. Let God work with them. And now if you're good, you've done what you need to do before God. Now you go on. And then it's in their court. You can't, you can't control what people do. You can't make them change, but you can do uh, your part. Let's look at a, a few of these other scriptures. Um, just then talking about words. James 4.11. <clears throat> James 4.11 says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. Then don't speak evil of one another. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you speak evil of a brother and judges, you judge his brother, you speak evil of the law and you, you judge the law. It says, but if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver in, in who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Now we could get into that. I'm not going to get into that right now, but do not speak evil of one another. The Bible says don't do it. Don't speak evil. 1 Peter 3, verse 8, and we have the ability to do it. As we're looking through it, we got we to get it into our minds that this is, this is who I am. I have the love of God in me. That's who I am. I can do it. If, if, if there's thoughts that, no, I just can't, there are lies. Everybody say, those are lies. Everybody say, I can do what the Bible says I can do. Through God's strength, I can do it. Whatever it is. If God said I could do it, I can do it with His help. That's the truth. may not feel like the truth sometimes. may not look like the truth, but that is the truth. And if we'll line up with God's Word, we can't take sides against God's Word and then expect things to go well. If God's Word said we can do it and we say, no, I can't, now we're taking sides against God. What we want is to line up with what He says and let Him help us. Lord, I don't know how, I don't see a way, but at Your Word, I can do it. With Your help, I can do it. Lord, help me. That's a humble person. That's saying, Lord, I bow my knee to You. I bow my understanding. I bow my emotions to You. you are, if You said it, You're just. If You said I can do it, You're just, and You will help me do it. Lord, 
Help me. Oh, and he will. He will. We need, to, we need to get in our mind, this is who we are. We abound in love. And cut out any thought that says we can't. Well, this situation's just too hard. Not too hard for God, right? Anything else is a lie. It's Satan trying to keep us bound. As long as we believe it, we'll, we'll keep acting the same way. This applies in any area, but here, if we think, I just can't, I can't react a different way. I can't deal with that person. I don't care what I said. See, we're, we're yielding to the devil, and if we yield to him, he's going to trip us up. He's going to, we give him an avenue to hurt us. 1 Peter 3, verse 8. It says, finally, all of you be of one mind and have, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. See, that's what the world does. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you worse. You're going to wish you never hurt me. You know what I'm talking about? Is that not true? You get me? I'm taking you out. You shouldn't ever mess with me. See, that's all pride, arrogance. It's the devil. That's not God. Verse 9, not, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. See, God is on our side. God is on our side. God wants us to do well, and He'll tell us, Hey, you want to succeed here? Do this. Forgive that person. Ask them for forgiveness. Say, I was wrong. Say, whatever. And he's trying to help us. See, sometimes we think, I'm not going to do that. that that's a, that, there's no good. It's like, you know, it's similar to the way uh, young people sometimes think uh, God is trying to hold out on them and, and not let them have any fun if you live godly. Don't raise your hand. Anybody ever think like that when you were growing up, thinking, man, isn't, I wish I could go do that. That looks so fun, but I can't. I won't. My parents won't let me. Well, if they're godly parents, they were smart. And then when you're, you know, later you grow up, you're like, yeah, that probably wasn't too good of an idea. I'm glad they didn't let me do it. If they did let you do it, then you're like, man, I should have listened. Well, same thing. That's no different. We can see that and go, oh, yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, yeah, stupid. I was, I was stupid when I was young. Now I've learned a little. This is no different. We, we'll say, no, but I want it. This looks like, no, I don't want to do that. That's, that's just not easy on my flesh. I won't do it. And God's saying, I'm trying to help you. It's the right way. This will go well for you. His word is always right. It's always the best way. It's not an alternative theory that might work like men come up with. This is, if it's the word, it's right. It will help. It will blow up situations. Go right, something that looked impossible. All of a sudden, boom, there's a way through. But if we say, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I can't. Well, we just tied his arms. I mean, we were like, he's like, no, just, just it, it, son, daughter, I, I want to I help you. And we say, no, can't. That'd be the same thing as a young person say, no, I'm doing it anyway. Oh, okay. See him 20 years later, and they're like, oh, stupid. Shouldn't have done it. Same thing. They go through heartache. Could have avoided it. Not saying it's easy. 
But with God, it's possible. With God, it's possible. Whatever it is. Here it says, verse 9 again, Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Verse 10, For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And he's quoting another verse here saying, He who would love life and see good days. Everybody's, everybody would say, that's what I want, right? You want to be able to love life and see good days. Well, here's, here's an answer. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. It's the answer right here. We talk about what we say in relation to what we say in relation to others. We want it to go well, we listen to this. We start, we, we refrain from doing things. We, we say, God help me, I see there's certain areas, see what I've done. We can all come up. We're all coming up. We say, Lord, I want, I want to change that. You help me because I don't see how I can do it. I've tried. You may be in the place, I've tried. I've tried that before. Well, God can help. Where it looked impossible, where you failed before, God always has a way. And this is His way. He's saying, if you, love, if you want good, don't speak evil. And this is a side thing. He says, in his lips from speaking deceit. That could mean a lot of things, but here's one thing that would be deceit. I can't do it. That's deceit. That's a lie. Don't do that. Just say, no, I can. Start saying, no, I can do it. I'm a loving person, even though you feel like knocking somebody's head off. I'm serious. When you feel like, you know, hitting somebody and you don't, that's when you're walking in love the strongest and you say, no, I'm a loving person. I let the love of God. We're not talking about some ooey-gooey, somebody's idea. We're talking about God's love that He will help you to do. You say, no, I walk in love. I flow with God. I will not speak evil. By the grace of God and the help of God, I am going to say the right things. I'm going to flow with Him. And He will help. That's humble. He'll do it, and we'll sidestep some stuff. We'll get out of some stuff. Some things will clear up that were problems. We'll sidestep issues that could have been issues because we just uh, look to God to help us where we thought there's no way. Maybe we thought something was too far gone, but God showed us how to repair, to make new, and we went on. God's Word's true, amen? And He'll help us in this area. What, what we say is so important. Praise God.